0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: welcome you into another edition of meet me at mutual i'm your host daniel shop c 70 at c70 on the twitters usually alan medlock is with me he's unavailable this evening so i've brought in jason hill you'll find him at viva albertos and it it's JP Hill underscore cards on the twitters uh jason thanks for joining yeah tonight.
0: hey glad to be with you
1: man good to see you yeah it's uh it's good to kind of get back to it i think the last time we had you on was right about end of of december last year so that's it's been too long we gotta do this a little bit more often yeah but, um, sure yeah and, and hopefully uh it doesn't necessarily take like a lockout to get you <laughs> no <laughs> i was gonna say yeah even, even
0: in mid-december of last year i think we had more going on than we actually do today here in baseball so uh
1: yeah in baseball yes for the cardinals that's probably debatable but um yes very you know but uh Let's talk a little bit before we get into the Cardinals specifically. Let's go ahead and, and talk about the fact the card that you know baseball shut down this week. Um, how is it? Do you think impacting you right now, or can you really tell? You know, at the first week of December.
0: Yeah. Well, right now, I don't think that it is. Um... Uh, there's still a lot of information as a writer and a blogger. And I know I know you are too, Daniel. No. There's still a lot of information to process right now, right. both in what's actually happening with the lockout, but then also just the ridiculous flurry of activity throughout baseball, uh, including some with the Cardinals there for the last mm-hmm. three weeks or so. And so I, you know, right now it just feels like in many ways, a normal December where the Cardinals aren't doing anything. We're kind of waiting on the winter meetings, which apparently aren't going to happen at all. And, you know, not much news, pretty quiet. Um, but I, I'll be honest, I'm a little concerned about what I'm going to start writing about here in about <laughs> three or four weeks, because, um, throughout a normal offseason, season, at least there's some kind of news that generates a real five draft pick or, a you know, a rumor of a player or a signing by the Cubs even or mm-hmm. anything like that. And boy, you don't even have pictures to look at on uh, at MLB.com these days. So,
1: well, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. You were one of the first ones, I think, at least in my timeline, that noticed that they not only had stripped the pictures and, and names and things off of the website, but had even gotten rid of the video um, yeah. at the MLB film room. Um, I get some of the legalistics to that, but to me that almost feels like going too far. I mean, I you know, if if it's if it's happened in the past and they're not actually selling it, um, that's that just feels a little bit too far. I'm sure it's not, but it feels a little bit too much.
0: Well, I don't know, I, and I, I haven't gotten a clear answer on this, it, but it it seems to me, and you can definitely correct me if I'm wrong, because like I said, it's not like I'm a legal expert or anything like that. I haven't read the CBA, and nor do I care to, <laughs> uh, but you know, I don't think that's something that MLB had to do. I know they've got licensing agreements with the players and imaging rights and things like that, right. but... You know, they're still using some of that material in other places. They're still showing games on MLB Network, from what mm-hmm. I can tell. I don't, I don't have cable. I don't have the MLB Network personally right now. But, you know, if they can still show games and still talk about players, then they should still be able to allow access to the video or to the pictures. And so in many ways, I kind of feel like that is somewhat punitive um, and more of a deliberate uh, attempt of... Um, oh, I don't know, sort of forcing the players' hands or eliminating the face of the players from the media. But, you know, it, it sort of is what it
1: is, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I'm looking right now just for the NLB uh, network, and then they're playing, um, you know, the 2000, some of the 2021 uh, playoffs. Right. You know, and I know at one time when they when they shipped for the pictures, you know, they were, play, they were featuring the, you know, Hall of Famers or people that were well gone right um but you know that's active stuff so you're right if they can play a game i don't see why they can't leave that up but you're right it's definitely all about the yeah
0: unless like mlb network has a different contracting thing with the players but it's just mlb network is part of mlb so i would think it would be the same thing but you know it's just one of those times (laughs) where they're very intentionally limiting access to content i know i know zach silver and you know, the St. Louis com is, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think he's going to be able to write anything for a while. And um, probably that's all an effort to control the message would be my guess. Yeah. Um, But, you know, such is life in a lockout.
1: Yeah. It is going to be very different than anything else that we've ever gone through, just because of where we're at 26 years later, you know, that the strike of 94, I've, think you were old enough to remember this i'm not sure exactly yeah where I you was. fit on the Un- spectrum
0: unfortunately i was old enough to, yeah, <laughs> to I, I, i'm used it. to
1: being the old guy around yeah, here so i'm right 100 <laughs> sure but you know that yeah. was that was tough and but you didn't always have this instant communication with players you didn't have constant no. content coming in because even back then you weren't watching a game every day and it no. was all very different than it is now and i wonder if that kind of thing is going to add to the pressure to get something done so what do you think what are the odds they get something done before spring training
0: okay so i because i blog you might get these too but um some random odds maker from vegas sends me odds on things and i (laughs) usually don't pay any attention to it because i'm i'm not a gambler myself and All that stuff. But um, I just, I don't know, it popped up in my email right before we came on. And so I was looking at it, and I don't know what this is, but some sort of odds maker uh, says that there is a 71% chance that the season will not start on March 31st. Hmm. So flip that around 37%, you know, they say that it will start. So they seem to be almost two to one, you know, chances that we're going to get delayed at the start of the season. And you know, those odds makers know more than I do. I would probably flip that around. I think there's a really good chance personally that we'll have a season um at the beginning of the season. I would actually right now I kind of think that we'll have a spring training too on time. But you know, if the experts think that, um, I'm just basing that on the little bit I've read and my own belief that after a, a, a you know a COVID season where tons of revenue was lost by both the players and the owners, but particularly by the players, um, it's hard for me to believe that they would push this past losing more and more game checks.
1: Yeah. Which, of course, may be the owner's theory as well. It might um, be. Figuring they can, can, weigh they can the, weather the rate... storm a lot better. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it does seem to me, though, you're right, with a lot of money being lost in baseball over the last... Really, even a couple of years even because last year wasn't a yeah. full season for most no people? yeah
0: even for the cardinals a like half a season for ticket sales right. is a ton of lost
1: revenue right um it does feel like okay maybe season won't start on march 31st but it'll start you know two weeks later or something like that That there's yeah they're not going to go too deep into spring training without getting something done that being said baseball has a very good track record of shooting itself in the foot when they have no reason not to, you know, no it's reason the, to do so. It's the best thing they do. They're just That's so right. skilled at, at taking that <laughs> foot and pulling the trigger. <laughs> you know, um, so they could, you know, aim at the sky, somehow still hit their foot. Yes, um, yes. So, you know, I, I, I do feel like there's enough there that somewhere along the way cooler heads are going to prevail, but you know, right now the, the, I don't want to say the rhetoric is heated, yeah. but it is definitely not, you know, hopeful uh, about no. getting anything done.
0: No, it's not. And, you know, you, you mentioned earlier social media, and which wasn't around in, in 94, mm. the strike season. And I've seen a lot of sort of speculation that because the players are all on social media, and there's simply more of them than there are of the owners, the owners are mm. a more tightly knit group. Uh, then I don't know how many major league players but you know 40 right. rosters for 30 teams. so a lot of players I don't do math but but it's not <laughs> a lot of players uh, to control the, the message for all those players is going to be extremely difficult and so it, it it could lead to some infighting and some some communication releases and leaks online that you might normally get not get and definitely would not have gotten back in 1994 um, but I still struggle to see how that's really going to impact. Uh, anything um, at all. And so far, if you look at the players, a lot of them have gone to that blank face image mm-hmm. and are standing in solidarity uh, for now and, you know, more power to them.
1: Yeah. And I think that, I think we'll see, you know, the rich take care of the poor to some degree, you know, yeah. the guys that have, have been around the league the for the Cardinals situation, the, the Goldschmidt's and the Narenato's taking care of, you know, the Junior Fernandez's, um, you know, right. minor league, you know, you know, minimum salary guys that are like guys, you know, I mean, and minimum salary is still nice, obviously, but not that you can necessarily deal with not having a paycheck for, you know, a while. So um, uh, yeah, I think this is always going to be interesting and it really seems, you know, I was reading this an article, I think, by Jason Stark at The Athletic that Major League Baseball is kind of trying to take, rule changes off the table so that's not going to be a negotiable part so yeah i saw that yeah that's that's a little bit i think to me that's a little bit concerning because if it is just gets down to just finances it feels like you don't necessarily have a whole lot of stuff to trade there and so it becomes hard to make an agreement
0: right yeah and it seems like the things that the the owners are wanting to trade like like a DH or expanded playoffs for some reason, those are things the players should be interested in because it would mean more money in the game and more earning availability for players so far. They haven't, they haven't jumped at those things. Um, and I'm, I'm just kind of wondering what carrots the owners even have to, to offer to the players at this point. Um, and the players are, you know, have some legitimate concerns about arbitration and about free agency. And so there's gotta be some way for them to come to an agreement on those things.
1: Yeah, it, it seems to me that service time is what's going to be the big thing that comes out of this, because right. I think the players have seen, you know, the the toners, you know, oh, okay, we're going to hold you down for six weeks, even though you're ready. And then the day after you're, you know, we get that extra year of control. Oh, well, all of a sudden you're ready to go. You know, the fact that as I, as I saw somebody reference, they uh, lost the Chris Bryant grievance, which seemed Pretty clear, you know. That um, kind of told them that they weren't going to win. You know, weren't going to win on legal grounds. So they have to fight it on the CBA, right? And you know, if the owners ever give there, then I think we've got a shot. But that's that's going to take a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will
1: so, but hopefully this clears up because there are things to things to deal with, um, and the Cardinals still have stuff to do but they have done some stuff and they have signed especially the most notably uh, they have signed Stephen Matz to a four-year deal um general thoughts on that
0: well i've kind of gone through the whole roller coaster with that deal um because (laughs) it was so so early in the off season and i i kind of if i go all the way back to the beginning even before the off season entered back in the dark days of august when we we weren't thinking (laughs) even about a playoff series right you you started looking forward to to what 2022 would look like and it it just seemed to me with the debacle that was the rotation last season that pitching had to be the primary concern and that the rotation had to be the place that they were going to have to go which to be honest is sort of an oddity for the Cardinals, because they simply over the last ten years have not been terribly active in the free agent pitching market, especially for starters. Um, you can go, you could go all the way back to 2010 and uh, 2011 season, and up until this season, they had only targeted in free agency three starting pitcher uh, signings, and that would, have, of course, been Mike Leake. Uh, with the long contract, and then these two sort of <laughs> short deals, small deals, with Kwang Young Kim uh, from Korea mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Miles Miklas, both sort of you know what I would call scouting signs. They have a very active and right. productive scouting department overseas, and so I mean you're, you're really talking about one sort of big ticket, long year starting signing in ten years of quality baseball. So for us to enter an off where they were intentionally targeting a starting pitcher and making that very clear. um, It just uh, seemed to me that they might've taken a a little bigger run at things. And with the interest that Marcus Stroman was sort of showing in the team and the team and Stroman and back and forth a little bit. And you know, their interest in ground ball pitchers and guys that limit home runs and guys that don't walk anyone. it, It seemed like a natural fit. Um, and so so when they jumped the market pretty much and signed Steven Matz for an extremely reasonable contract, it's it's a discounted deal um, by almost any measurement. My initial reaction was disappointment because Strowman was still available. Robbie Ray was right. still available. Mm-hmm. These other quality pitchers, these dominant arms that would look incredible in Cardinal Red and be extremely productive, all of those guys were still available when we signed Matz. And so my critique was never really about Mats himself. It was more about the decision to lock Mats up when these other arms were still around. I think Mats is going to be a, a fine addition to the rotation. He's going to be, you know, this year's version of Kyle Loesch or Jeff Supon or, you know, just, just a normal mid-level, mid-rotation, reliable pitcher. Um, it doesn't get you excited, but it's also not going to hurt you in the standings. Um, but then when you kind of follow the way that the market went and, and this just ridiculous run on pitching that I never anticipated, even knowing a lockout was coming, I didn't think that, you know, every significant pitcher in the game would sign within a two week period. Um, you know, it kind of made sense and it, it kind of looks like now, in my opinion, that Mosellock and, and Gersh understood the market. And understood what Strowman was going to do, pushing it to the end and trying to get the best contract he could. And I just really think they did not want to be left standing with nobody uh, when December first hit. And so they had a guy they liked. They had a guy that wanted to be there. And so they locked him up.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's absolutely fair. I think it's a really good way of looking at it. I also think it was one of those things where, at least I, I guess maybe I was hoping at the time when they signed him, that it was a, let's get this guy in the fold and then if we get one of the big guys, great, you know, yeah. to figure it out. But there, um, there
0: were some rumors, you know, floating around and I can't confirm any of these and they weren't necessarily from, you know, big sources, but I, I never heard anyone say that they had pulled their offers off the table for Strowman. I think they still, hmm. I still think they were kind of working that way. It's just their motivation was a lot less. And so if Stroman fell to them, if something happened with this market, then they might circle back around, but that was never really very realistic
1: yeah yeah that was probably the case i think it is much more painful that stroman is going to the cubs than anybody else right Um, yeah (laughs) and i didn't i don't you know i think we kind of had seen okay pirates are the pirates and the reds are selling off and the cubs did the big sell-off last year so we didn't really expect them to necessarily you know add payroll but then they add what young gomes at at catcher and um now stroman is, this, is there a situation where they're going to try to, to build back faster than we would very much like?
0: It's possible. Uh, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I didn't see it coming, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And um, I will say, though, that, well, there's an opt-out, first of all, so they could get out of this right. Strowman contract pretty pretty quickly. But it's day. after
1: two years, and the whole contract's for three, so it's fine. Right. Huge.
0: Yeah, not a huge contract, but... right. Um, there's something to be said for if you can grab a player as consistent and as viable as Stroman, then do it. Even if you're trying to rebuild, it's not really going to help them in the standings that much, to be honest, this coming season. But if they draft well, and if they start spending and if they're ready to rebuild within two years, then yeah, it's going to be nice having Stroman around. But no, I didn't, I didn't anticipate that with the Cubs. Part of me wonders if they just sign him to keep him away from us, but that wouldn't make sense with the timeline.
1: (laughs) No. And, and, the Cubs have never seemed to be reactive to the Cardinals, mainly because the Cardinals don't necessarily make a big move to react to, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> but they, you know, the Cardinals don't react to the Cubs either. They no. kind of take pride themselves on they're going to do their thing and, and not worry about anybody else. It is also going to be interesting. You know, one of the reasons I think everybody, and I'm sure you as well, that we're looking forward to having, you know, maybe Strowman in St. Louis was the defense that goes behind him that yeah. defense is not in Chicago. So that's going to be kind of interesting to see how well he does there. I mean, obviously he's a very talented pitcher anyway. It's not going to matter, but it may not be, it may not go quite as well as, as maybe he's thinking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say that's definitely true. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting too. Like a lot of people have talked about Matt's here in St. Louis and our defense, and that's definitely true right now, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I think our window, our defensive window is maybe not as long or as big as some people tend to think. And it just just this coming season, there's a chance that we could go from, for example, gold glove defense at second base to maybe at the best average defense at second base if Nolan Gorman you know comes up to the majors by midseason and takes over the second base position, which is mm-hmm. possible, likely at some point right um nolan gorman I'm uh, sorry nolan Aronato has an opt out i don't think anyone expects him to opt out but he could um and he's aging paul goldschmidt is aging harrison bader has i was looking at this the other day i think he's got one more full season and then he's a free agent is that I right think, or is he up to? i two? think
1: so i'll pull it up but uh, yeah. double check it but i think you're about that's about right yeah
0: and and bader is obviously just a phenomenal center fielder but you take him out of the mix and you're not going to be able to replace him with another Bader. That's just not going to happen. And so, you know, in the next couple of years, you could see this defense start to, you know, tick down a, a notch or two and, and someone who is very reliant on a, a productive defense and limiting home runs in Bush state Bush stadium, like Matt's like Hudson, like Nicholas, like Wainwright, even at this point mm-hmm. in his career, you know, they're probably going to have to find some better talent instead of just a specific type of pitcher and four years of mats, it's going to be a totally different defense out there by the end of those four years.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're right. You know, in four years from now, even if everybody was the same, goldschmidt and Arenado would be significantly less i mean they'd still be good don't get me wrong i have a feeling yeah. that you know Nolan Arenado could probably feel grounders at 82 and still be pretty good but <laughs> yeah. um he may not they're probably not gonna be but, but well
0: know, he probably won't be winning platinum gloves
1: though you exactly, know i mean it's exactly. not the way this works um and you know and goldschmidt again uh, you know the, the way he uh, he played first base out as well as I think I've seen it played this, this year, but you know, how long does that hold up too? Um, you're right. and then, you know, outfielders, they lose, if they lose their legs, then they're, that's a problem. Yeah, um, right. And, and they can do that at, at older age. You're right. And and you're right. The most notable one is Edmund for Gorman could be a, a significant shift too. So yeah, I think by the, by the end of the Matt's contract, and of course that's when he gets, well, quote quote expensive he's still only like 12 million dollars or something yeah like it's that, still pretty not, reasonable yeah, yeah. It's not terrible but um his results may not be but you know the cardinals are probably trying to you know a little bit of a win now right i mean they should I, be
0: they should be yeah 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 and um, i i personally think they've got one of the best rosters we've seen in st louis you know since 2015 is what i kind of keep saying i mean it's a little different roster totally different in mm-hmm. many regards but but we haven't had this kind of talent on the field and healthy as Assu- well well okay assuming assuming yeah in in quite a long time in 2015 they won 100 games yeah uh, the playoffs didn't go quite the way that we might have hoped but that was a really good team and and if, if this team won 90 games last year, I know they had that big winning streak, but 90 games last year without Jack Flaherty and without Hudson and with Miklas just a shell of himself for just a short period of time, no Steven Matz bullpen, not figured out at all. You know, this team this year, if, if just, if they can just experience a, a normal season uh, with normal health issues and normal walk issues, um, the sky's the limit at least in the nl central i don't know that they'll catch the dodgers but the dodgers aren't who the dodgers were either
1: well i mean in fairness the cardinals were you know what one pitch away basically taking taking care of the dodgers of course uh, again that you'd much rather play the dodgers in a one-game playoff than anything else but yeah and uh, from what i've seen
0: so far i'd rather play the 2022 version of the dodgers than the 2021
1: right right i mean you know they're going to be they're going to be down some play, some pieces as well, and obviously still a very talented team, right? And you 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 know you wonder if the Giants can re, they're not going 107 games again. So. I don't think
0: so. I didn't. I I still struggle to figure out nothing. I mean they were a phenomenal team. They had a wonderful season, but I can't figure out how they won 107 games last year. Yeah, to be honest, I mean that the roster is good, but it's not wasn't that good.
1: Well, playing Colorado and uh, and yeah. uh, Arizona that helps helped a lot. Yeah, yeah a I lot to some degree, but. Right. Uh, but they played the Dodgers and they played the the Padres a lot, too. So Yeah, right. Uh, you're right. And then, you know, the, the East, even though the Braves are champions, I, you yeah. know. I yeah, and I like anybody. the Braves. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not sure. I think you could make arguments that the Cardinals are in that ballpark, at least. Oh, so. yeah.
0: Yeah. I think the Braves are a better team than they showed most of the regular season. Hmm. Um, and I think they'll win more games this coming year than they did last year. Um, and I like some of their talent, but. But yeah, no, I would I would probably, not having looked at the rosters all that closely in the last couple of weeks, I would probably put the Cardinals right up there with the Braves.
1: Yeah. So that being said, you know, and the Cardinals have really only added Matt's. Yeah. They've re you know, brought back Wainwright, brought back Molina, brought back TJ McFarlane. Which is, Lost. I think it's an
0: important thing to, to add. I mean, because some people are talking about the Cardinals haven't done anything, which the people mm. always say that, and the Cardinals always have. But they just did a lot of their work before the season
1: even ended, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And McFarland was, what, you know, like a couple weeks yeah, after Yeah, a couple weeks after maybe. that. Yeah. And, you know, that's. And people
0: overlook him, but he was a significant part of the bullpen down the stretch. He's, he's a fine second lefty, a perfectly fine second lefty.
1: If you could only have. One of him and Luis Garcia, because Cardinals only get one of them, apparently. Yeah. Um, is that the way you would have gone? Oh boy! Um.
0: <laughs> wow, uh, I think so. It's oddly, like I, th- I think Luis Garcia is a better pitcher. Um, but I have very little confidence that the Luis Garcia that we saw for two months would be the L- Luis Garcia that we would see for six. Hmm. Um, and I think I would say the same thing actually for TJ McFarlane, but yep. with, with lefties, you know, worst case scenario, TJ McFarlane fills the Andrew Miller, the Trevor Miller, you know, the, <laughs> when he, when he was decent, the Brett Cecil role, you know, of just a guy that you just, uh, bring in to get an out here or there you know uh against the lefty as needed um i i think you know mike schilt used him a little bit more than that this coming this last season because he was capable of doing it i don't know that he will hold up that well but as a second lefty at the very end of the bullpen who can just get an out against the lefty as needed i'm fine with him i think he'll be productive i, I think he'll be good i think he fits and it, the price was certainly right yeah that that
1: helps as well um yeah i kind of i think i'm I wasn't necessarily overly excited about bringing either one of them back just because yeah. of the volatility of relievers and the guys right. that, you know, you bring a guy off a scrap heap. There's kind of a reason often that they're on the scrap heap. Right. Right. You know? And yeah, and even if they can do it for two months or three months, doesn't mean they can do it for a length of time, but yeah. Yeah. McFarland's a one-year deal. It's a relatively cheap deal. Um, and if Garcia was able to to turn what he did and put it into a two-year deal, and he's, I think he's he's older than we think he is, right? I mean, he's oh, yeah. like 35 or something, uh, right?
0: Yeah, I could look here real fast. I was I was going to say 34, 35. Um, Somewhere there. Yeah, we're both going to go look here and yeah. um, uh, we'll both have that awkward, uh, no one's talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let
1: you look it up. But, yeah. um, you know, it, it's just, it's that, you know, okay, the Cardinals, and the Cardinals may have found something with him and he'd be able to take that to San Diego and be productive for another couple of years. Sure. And, you know, hopefully he is. I mean, you yeah. it's mean, obviously good, but I, I can't fault the Cardinals for not going over and abort. I'm sure they tried to get him back on a one year deal or something of yeah. that nature. It, you know, if he can get two, he should take two. So he should
0: take two. I, I'm, I'm actually glad, you know, for, he is 34 by the way. Okay. I, I'm glad that he he made some money. I mean, here he mm-hmm. is. He's been in the league forever. And and yeah, he got he he turned two months of really good pitching where he pitched above his peripherals and did some things that he hasn't been able to do throughout the rest of his career. Turn that into seven million dollars. I mean, that's yep. that's, you know, good for him. Great for yep. Garcia. And I hope he does really well. We've had a couple pitchers leave St. Louis and go to San Diego and do pretty well. So hopefully he'll <laughs> uh, hopefully he'll keep it up
1: um but yeah but i and i think but i think of those guys like you know jonathan broxton they traded for yeah and he did all right for a month or two and they you know they thought okay we'll bring him back and it was bring him back. you it, know it, wound up it didn't having to release out. him because it was a terrible deal and you know most track record with relievers he'll even admit it that is not great no um, well so, no one's track record with relievers is great i mean you're that's true.
0: You, you, you can hit on a few or you know here and there but it you know, it's just it's a it's a great way to lose money, to be yeah. honest. And I think well, one of the things that Moselak and Gersh showed this season is that they fully understand what this team is and what this ballpark is. I mean, they know the the park factors. They know that mm-hmm. no one can hit home runs here, and and obviously they know who good the defense is. They constructed the roster with that defense intentionally, mm-hmm. and so John Lester, Hap. Um, McFarlane, Luis Garcia, they all kind of fit that same mold of of we will not throw balls and we will get ground balls and that will turn into ounce more often than it'll turn into home runs. And so I, replacement level pitcher, will do well here for a couple months, and then we can find someone else on the waiver wire who can do the same thing for cheap, as opposed to investing seven million dollars in, you know, the same type of talent, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it is very telling, I think, that the Cardinals have not been, as far as I have know, connected to Hap or Lester. This, right. You know, they not that they didn't appreciate their service, but it was also like, you know, we're not gonna, we'll go and get a mat's, which is an upgrade over those yeah. guys.
0: Right. Um, instead of now, trying to bring them back. And did Lester? I, I think I heard this in one of the probably your
1: guys' podcast, or or maybe the Cardinals off day. Did Lester retire officially? I have not seen that. It's a Google question. Um, okay. <laughs> I've been John Lester retired. Did he? Um, and so far, not so much. I have not seen that, but I got to go say everything that we saw from him, you know, he, he was very evasive. Anytime that question was asked, it was, it just felt like he's kind of ready to go home. I can't blame him. It's what, 17 years, um, he's done a lot this game he's done a lot in life battling you know cancer and things of that nature right uh you you can't fault him for wanting to go home and and perhaps going out on a high note because if he went somewhere else in 2022 there is no guarantee that because those peripherals were not that different than what they were in in (laughs) in washington (laughs) so he might not like yeah right yeah it was uh i don't want to say a
0: ticking time bomb but it was um, not going to be that
1: pretty for that much longer, to be honest. So, so yeah, I think, you know, the, the Cardinals have upgraded in the rotation overall. How do you like that? I mean, not, not just the rotation itself, but the depth that they've got now, you know, they've got in theory, Alex Reyes, in theory, Jordan Hicks. I'm not necessarily buying either one of those as a starter. No. Um, but you've got Oviedo, you've got Woodford, you've got LibraTor probably coming up soon. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, I, you never can have too much depth, and they've proved that in 2021, 20, but do you feel comfortable with what they have?
0: Um, comfortable is an interesting word. <laughs> um, right now, I don't feel comfortable with it, but I don't personally see a alternative path. Um, for example, if they if they would have gone with Strowman over Matts, I, I would say I feel way more comfortable because then at least we know that they have a healthy Wainwright who has been really good. And as long as that curveball keeps working for him, and there's no reason to think that won't, mm. will probably continue to be at least at, at least solid. Um, I've got a lot of trust that Flaherty is going to you know, bounce back and be at at worst above average to, to good. And most likely he'll be extremely good because um, his injuries really didn't, they don't really concern me long-term to be honest. Right. Yeah. They're just, you know, just, it just happened. Um, Matt should be reliable, but then, and Hudson I think should be fine. I think coming back from Tommy John, he's had enough time now he'll have a whole off season. I think he'll, You know, one of the things that at least this used to be the case, you know, one of the things that comes back the the slowest is command, which is the most important thing for Hudson. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he's going to have another offseason to prepare. So I think that I think he'll probably be okay. And Miklas looked pretty good down the stretch. So, you know, there's injury concern definitely there. um, But as a as a five, if they're healthy, that's pretty good, to be honest. And then and then below that, I think on the article that I put out uh, today, Saturday, um, I think I counted 13 candidates for the rotation, 13 quote unquote starters, the guys that were at least going to be coming to uh, spring training stretched out for either the rotation in the major leagues Mm -hmm. or the minor leagues and all 13 of those guys. Um, are either experienced at AAA or have already pitched in the major leagues or the major league rotation. And that ranges, of course, from Wainwright on on the one side down to, you know, I think probably the last one I was able to go down to with any level of comfort was, was you know, Libertor or I, I mentioned Zach Thompson as a possibility mm-hmm. late in 22, but I mean, not till not till late. But then he would have two full seasons at AAA. So yeah, I mean, you guess you would have to say he would be a potential candidate for the rotation in September and August, if they need to, if they get down that far. And I didn't even mention on hell Rondon who's, who's counted in those 13, but pitched fairly decently. I thought during the season yep. and and yep. could be in line for starters innings at some point as the 12th guy in that list, the 11th guy in that list. So that's basically two full rotations plus depth at triple a that they have on hand counting Reyes, counting Jordan Hicks guys that, that I know they keep saying they're, they're stretching out of starters, and they're going to be starters. But you know, I mean, clearly Jordan Hicks isn't going to beat out Adam Wainwright for a rotation spot. So, no. calling them starters and and actually having them start games are not the same thing.
1: Well, and and I think for me, besides that, is the idea that you know Jordan Hicks has only pitched what like you know forty innings over the last three years or something yeah, like that, and right. then you're going to turn him into a starter, and you know again even if you're only expecting him to go if if you can't and, and this is an interest and I think was it was it you or was it somebody else at Viva that was writing the article about um, usage I guess it was you. it was your post today right yeah um, with you know that they're ter- looking at you know starters going you know maybe even less than five innings for the most part yeah some of them yeah yeah and total it,
0: speculation on my part but but right. It, with I mean how else do you explain the way that they're talking about Jordan Hicks right you know I mean there's no there's no way that if Jordan Hicks is healthy in, well first of all if we have spring training in March mm-hmm. there's no way if he's healthy in March and Alex Reyes is healthy in March that they're going to send those two guys down to Memphis to to be starters because we've got five healthy starters in St. Louis. There's there's no way that happens. I they, I just I don't see that. So so why are they stretching out? Well, they're stretching out because they want to control um their their usage in the sense that if you lock them into one inning outings, you can't use them for two or three or four innings. But if they come in ready to start, ready to take on a starter's ro- role, mm-hmm. if if, you know, everything breaks loose like it did last year, then yeah, you could start them. But if nothing else, then you could piggyback them uh, as Ben Rudy would want me to say, <laughs> <laughs> or, um, or just use them as multi inning long relievers in support of, of some of these starters that are coming off injury or haven't demonstrated they can go deep in the game, or maybe would be better off not going deep in the game. I, at this point in his career, Miles Miklas going into the seventh inning is not a good idea, frankly, no. No. but Couple miles Miklas with um, Alex Reyes for two innings, five innings of Miklas, two innings of Reyes, then throw some Jordan Hicks in there behind Hudson or something. I mean, that's that's an interesting combination. Dakota Hudson for five innings and then Jordan Hicks for two, you know, um, bring your glove ground. You know, infielders are going to get a lot of work that day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: You know, it, I think I think that's what they're doing. That's what makes sense to be based on what they're saying. But they've shown no inclination to do that in the past. And now, whether that was by design or whether that was Schilt or whether that was the mm-hmm. injuries or the walks, I, I don't know, you know. But um, it's the only thing that makes sense based on what they keep saying.
1: Yeah, I, I can understand that. And I think it makes a lot of sense as well. And, you know, you're right that the change from Schilt to Marmol may open up some things like an opener or, you know. Yeah. Pitcher's only going for innings. And, you know, like I've that.
0: got to give Schilt some credit here. And I tried to do this a little bit in, in my article, but I tried to limit my word count a little bit. And I was way over what I wanted to be anyway. But, um you know, in 2020, and I don't know if it was Schilt or it was Maddox, but I, I want to give Schilt the credit because even if it was Maddox, Schilt was the manager. So Schilt, Schilt a okay this, right? Right. In 2020, because of COVID and because of some of the injury issues and some of the things going on, this is what they did. They had Austin Gommer starting, you know, for four innings, and then they would jump to Reyes or, or you know, uh, you know, Yoan Oviedo in his first run through the majors. Probably never got out of the fourth inning, and they would mm-hmm. couple him with someone else. Uh, Quinn Young Kim, KK, he didn't go deep into games either. And so they were using, they were using Gallegos for one to two innings. They were using Helsley for a couple innings, Reyes for a couple innings, um, Whitley, you know, some this season that way, you know, they, it was something they did in 2020 and I, I assumed heading into the 2021 season with the roster they had and with Cabrera stretched out and Reyes stretched out and Helsley stretched out a little bit and Back then, we were talking about the possibility of Libertor and, and Thompson maybe uh-huh. even reaching yeah. the majors. That didn't happen. I'm glad that didn't happen. But but in retrospect, that's what we were talking about at the time. You know, I, I, I thought they would do the same thing with some of these starters. And the Schilt, for whatever reason, sort of regressed um, from an analytical standpoint or reacted against what they did in 2020 and really doubled down on the whole traditional five-starter you know, traditional bullpen roll thing. And um, because of that found themselves in a situation where their long inning relievers were in high leverage bullpen spots. And so when, when Miklas went down and Hudson wasn't available and Ponce de Leon and um, Gant found his way into the rotation, they didn't have any long relievers left to use. And so there they went with a very traditional model. And I think it hurt him for a while, but you know, that's what the 2021 season was.
1: Yeah. And it and again, it is easier to do that in a season that's 60 games or turned out to be 58 than right. 62. So I, I can see that, but you're right. That,
0: yeah, the, the fact that Schilt embraced it for a while made me think mm-hmm. that he would embrace it. Yeah. And then I don't know if he just didn't want to do that or if just the roster circumstances eliminated that off that option in his mind and he kind of freaked out and reacted back to Standard traditional mode, which really honestly wouldn't be a bad idea in that situation. So you know, but I just I just don't know. I, I yeah. I, I think that mosaic wants to do it. I don't know whether Shult was on board, but I'm pretty sure Marmol will.
1: Yeah, I think that's very true. I always felt like Shult managed best when he was aggressive, and sometimes that meant he had to have his back to the wall before, you know, he would do some things like that. Yeah, I would and, agree. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, so that's, that may be, that may be part of, of the philosophical differences as, as it were. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just, of course, you know, for me, I'm, I'm old enough to this idea that, you know, the starters aren't going to go at least five or, you know, at least be ready to go five is a little bit hard to swallow to some degree. Um, right. But you know, that is, that is the nature of baseball, right? I mean, I think you could make the argument, I think that if it all worked out best, your best game could be nine one inning pitchers because the you know that nobody would ever get a chance to adjust. You just you yeah, know, boom, boom, boom. Uh, I don't know if that's the most watchable baseball that there no. is, but you know that may be the most you know efficient baseball is, but at that point
0: right and I think we all at least most of us you know those of us that are old apparently and remember <laughs> things like nineteen ninety five um but <laughs> even as even as you know I was looking in my article today and back in two thousand eleven seventy three starting pitchers mm-hmm. threw more than hundred and eighty innings um that's a lot of starters, that's two per team you know or more right. you know. That are throwing that many innings and uh, boy you know back then uh we just sure romanticized the starter at uh, this workhorse that could come in and and give you innings and throw 200 innings in a season and even that's half as much as we saw and i wasn't alive back then but in the 60s 50s and 70s right. you know those when you were seeing guys throw 300 and 400 innings the starter was you know your pitcher um was your best pitcher and you you came to the ballpark to see that guy throw and you did not come to the ballpark to see T.J. McFarlane and a parade of
1: relievers. No, no, we can uh, give credit to Tony Larissa for a lot of that. If you will. <laughs> right, um, right. But yeah, um, but yeah although you a- know what, in
0: Larissa's defense, though, talking about that same year, 2011, 2000, you know, mm-hmm. ten nine through that, he was pulling his starters early in playoff games when it mattered. He was definitely aggressive. On
1: eleven. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean that's that's really the way they. They won that. Thing. What, was, what was it? The, the, the brewer, the brewer series, right? That the yeah, the brewers more innings than the than the starters did. So. Yeah,
0: it was. And we thought it was just the craziest thing ever. And then the you know, then you turn around now and like, oh yeah, that's smart, analytical baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who it's, knew? Uh, to- Tony yeah. probably knew. So <laughs> he probably did. Probably did. Yeah. He's always yeah.
1: been at the forefront of some of that stuff. But um, so we've talked a lot about what the Cardinals have is there something the Cardinals need? I mean, we've obviously they've got until hopefully at least, you know, not any longer than January or so, but they've got a while before they can do anything about it. But is there right. something they actually really need to do to kind of push this team? Maybe, you know, beyond just the uh, oh, okay, they can win the central.
0: Okay. So, cause I think there's, yeah, there's two ways to answer your question. And, and I sat down right when we were kind of coming on uh, online here, and because I hadn't really thought about it yet, and I wrote down uh, a twenty twenty two Cardinals projected roster, um, just just literally filling in names and spots to kind of see if there wasn't a place that I was missing. So just to fill out a roster, we're not talking about increasing their competitiveness, but just to fill out their roster, the only hole that I found that that I can't fill with an established player or a player where there's an expectation that they're going to take a position is the, is basically the, the left-handed replacement for Matt Carpenter. We, mm. we do not have a power hitting lefty utility infielder on the club, on the roster currently um, on the 40 man roster. We have a couple of those guys who I find extremely intriguing uh, including, you know, the elite prospect, Nolan Gorman, who I think Ooh. could actually benefit from a little bit more time in A, But he could earn his way onto the team, theoretically, you know, out of out of April. Right. Um, it seems more likely that he's going to break into the majors as a starter, though, not as a utility player. So then I jumped down to Brendan Donovan, who's another lefty power-hitting utility infielder who can walk um, and not too vulnerable to the strikeout. Can got a good contact bat, can play, has has a lot of gloves, kind of knows how to use them. Um, <laughs> you know, um, we've seen that guy before, uh, with the Cardinals a lot of the times. Um, right. you know, you think about, um, Discalzo, this is like Discalzo with a power bat kind of thing. <laughs> so, um, you know, maybe maybe Donovan steps into that role. Um, I know uh, Gabe over at Viva Alberto's uh, argued that a l- little bit with me, and and I felt like I was sort of arguing against myself because I love Brennan Donovan. I think he's, he's going to be a very useful player. I don't know that I would give him a role out of spring training, not having seen him at a major league level, but, you know, he could fill that role. So there's one area. There, there's one spot right there that they could go get lefty power for their bench to fill the utility role. Maybe you platoon them at DH a little bit with Juan Yapez, who I think has earned the right to start as the right-handed bat at DH. If that happens. Um, and you know, I'm not sure how that much that helps the team. You're probably not looking at someone like Kyle Schwarber for that role. You're probably looking at someone more along the lines of, you know, um, Kyle Seeger or Colin Moran was mentioned by Jeff Jones. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. one that I, th- could really see the Cardinals going for. He's not that good of a player anymore, but he can
1: hit righties. Uh, yeah. and he's got a he's, he's not that good a, of a player says he won't be hitting against the Cardinals. That's right. <laughs> that's a, that's exactly. Yeah, really hurt his stats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but um, you know, he's got some gloves and he kind of knows how to use them. So it's basically Brad Miller, you know, mm. that kind of player could be Brad Miller himself, could come back and fill that role. But I don't see that spot affecting us in the standings that much. So but if you're just looking at who the Cardinals are likely to go get to finish out their roster, the only hole I see on their roster right now is that utility spot. I honestly okay. don't see a hole in the, in the bullpen to be honest. I mean, I can, I've got 13 deep here and my last, my last ad was Alex Reyes and Jordan Hicks. So, yep. you know, and that doesn't even get into one, you know, Johan Oviedo or Libertor or some of those other triple A bullpen arms that are kind of on their way up a little bit, but you know, maybe they push Cody Whitley to triple a or Helsley to triple a, but I really don't see either of those two things happening. So.
1: Whitley still has options. Yeah, um, he does. So that's yeah. probably the, one of the, I could see him cause he did it a little bit this year. I just, I, and I, he's fresh in mind cause I wrote the exit interview for him oh, like, right. yeah. this week. Yeah. So, um, you know, he went up and down like three or four times this year and he could be that kind of thing again, just because yeah. he has options. But boy, I think, I think when you look at what Whitley has done, he's earned the right to stay. Oh, and, yeah. And get some, you know, some quality innings to something that I, I don't, you know, that was kind of another one of those, you know, arguments with the manager. It just didn't seem like he necessarily embraced no. what Whitley brought until, I mean, September was, he did, but I guess. Well, it, it seemed go. like,
0: because I, you know, I was kind of touting Whitley at the beginning of last season, saying that mm-hmm. he should be in contention for high inning leverage, you know, high leverage innings by the end of the season. And he was. I guess I was right. But um, it just the way that he got there was very surprising. And the Whitley we right. saw in April and May, that wasn't Cody Whitley, that was some other Whitley. He yeah. just I mean he was walk, he, Cody Whitley doesn't walk guys, and he was walking batters and you know not locating his pitches, you know high in the zone you know he can throw high in the zone, but he was missing high in the zone and that led to some home run issues and all kinds of things that are not who he is. And of course, he came back and got it all righted out and looked like the reliever that he should have been. So, yeah, I think that he's pretty much locked into a role. But, you know, there's always an injury is the thing. There's always right. an injury. So right. that's where I think maybe in, in March, February, January, if, if you know, the free agent market opens back up, they could go get another reliever. But right now, from a roster perspective, I don't see the hole for that thing. So I don't necessarily expect it, but it, it could happen.
1: Yeah, I think the Cardinals in 2020 you know, had contagious COVID, and last year they had contagious, you know, walking because the, everybody out of that bullpen, especially at the beginning of the year, was could not throw a strike at all. Oh, um, it's one of the most
0: ridiculous things I've ever seen. I, there's no explanation for it. I mean, yeah. it guys that should have, like Whitley, that should have thrown strikes, you know, couldn't. Yeah. Um, And and yes, some of it, you know, I mean, but even like Reyes, you expect Reyes to walk a lot, but his Mm-mm. walk rate was still a lot higher than his career indicated it should be so i don't know what happened i don't know what was in the water but it was everybody
1: yeah something i don't know if it's the you know the weird spring training or, or whatever the case may be and hopefully whatever it was gets <laughs> they worked it out of their system <laughs> right yeah and don't have now, to worry about it
0: now you asked sorry i need to go back to your actual yeah. question because I, I totally derailed you no, um, it's fine. <laughs> but you asked you know what roster move might happen that could you know, push them into winning the central or beyond that. Right. Mm -hmm. And looking at the roster, if you, if you kind of assume that at some point Nolan Gorman is going to be able to step in at second base and all the reports are positive there. So you've got Edmund and and Gorman kind of competing there. The only thing that looks like an option for this season is shortstop. And I know a lot of people are really, really high on Trevor story and he's still available from what I can tell. You know, um, I just don't see any scenario where the Cardinals make that move. Yeah, I know fans want it and, and there's, I could justify it a million different ways. Um, I certainly wouldn't be against it, but you know, that, that would be a move that would add a couple wins to the roster. Um, but I don't see it happening.
1: That's another one of those they'll keep in touch. If it falls yeah. in their lap, they'll do something, but they're not. Yeah, and and you know what? Self-market. We don't have any
0: idea what this market's going to look like when the game right. returns. Are they going to have two weeks to get ready for a season? A month? Is there going to be a signing period? And someone like Story might kind of need to find a place to play,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: maybe Moselech jumps on that, and there's an opportunity there to come and for him to come and play with Arenado again. Right. But I, you know, that just seems like an unlikely scenario um, to me. But with DeYoung there and Sosa there and Edmund going to need a position maybe as soon as May, June, I have a hard time believing that Mosaic's going to spend 20 to 25 million on a shortstop when they have three other options there that they like.
1: Here's a question. I don't think I have seen pondered. Would you, depending on the situation and, and assuming if you believe that Nolan Gorman is maybe closer to ready than you think, I mean, that some people think, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, would you trade Tommy Edmund? Oh, I've thought about that. Um,
0: I, I personally wouldn't. Um, and I do sort of subscribe to, um, the Ben Humphreys school of thought with Edmund (laughs) that he is, um, you know, uh, not the strongest hitter in the group. Um, a lot of empty batting average there, but his glove plays Yeah. and the switch hitting for him is unfortunately overrated, but it, it is, it does exist. And you know, the Cardinals over the years have made a lot of mileage out of, out of speedy um, slap hitting guys that can really pick it in the field. And, yeah, so if Gorman, you know, the worst case, the best case scenario with me for for Edmund is that Paul DeYoung comes back hitting like Paul DeYoung does, and Nolan mm-hmm. Gorman smashes in spring training and earns his way up probably after the arbitration deadline, if that's still a thing, you know, mid May, um, and then now, Tommy to be Edmund, fair, the Cardinals haven't done
1: too much of that. No, they haven't. They haven't. Right, but I but I do think Gorman but, yeah. could,
0: could use a little more time in Triple right, A, right? And we could talk about that in a minute, but but. um you know, and then Edmund becomes Jose Okindo. He becomes a really good version of Daniel Descalzo. Um, you know, a, a guy that could could play, hopefully not right field or left field or center field, but anywhere <laughs> on the <laughs> on the infield, steal a base. You know, um, slap a ball to the outfield. He just do a lot of things, um, really, you know, usefully, on in a bench role, and. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the kind of, you know, like I I keep looking at the Dodgers and I keep talking about the Dodgers. I'm sure people are sick of me talking about the Dodgers when they read my articles, but the Dodgers keep a guy like Chris Taylor around, right? Mm -hmm. Instead Mm -hmm. of saying, oh, we can't play. We can't start this guy. I guess we got to trade him away. Try to get what we can for. They just keep them. They just keep them all. They keep everybody. We're just going to (laughs) keep you and play you wherever it happens to be. We're keeping you. And that's the same way that I would be with the young and Edmundo Sosa and Tommy Edmund. They they play a little bit different positions, a little different skill set. But keep them all, play them all, find a, you know find what they do the best and and
1: use them to do that one thing. It would be really interesting to see them actually embrace the the poor man's uh, Ben Zobrist idea. Yeah, um, because they kind of what we thought we were getting with Jed Jerko, right? I mean, it was a guy who <laughs> right. was going to play all these different positions, and he wasn't yeah. going to necessarily play every day, and then he wound up playing every day. Right. And I think we kind of had the same thing with Tommy Edmund of, okay, he's going to, he's going to play short. He's going to play second. He played third. Like you said, occasionally he'll gonna you know, stick him in the outfield. Although they did that a little bit more often. than They should have, yeah. um, but he's not necessarily going to be there every day. And instead he's every day at lead off and, and all that kind of stuff. It would be, it would take some creativity that we haven't necessarily seen from the Cardinals to actually embrace that kind of, you know, show up and figure out where you're going to play when we put the lineup up instead of knowing beforehand.
0: Right. And I, I I kind of think that Marmol is that guy. Mm -hmm. He's talk like it. Um, But then again, he's the youngest manager in baseball. And will he have the clout to, to sit some of these guys and move guys around? I don't know. You know, I don't know. Part of me thinks that he won't, but um, it, it sure seems like that's what he's been hired to do. So, yeah. Maybe the clout comes from the from the front office yeah. instead of the manager's office in that sense and he gets the job done. But
1: Yeah, I think I, I, probably what I would,
0: that. Yeah, what I would like to see these players do, and I and I'm kind of implying this with Stephen Matz in the article that I wrote, is is that I hope that they can start to realize that a team that uses them and plays them to their strengths, that's a good thing for the player. Mm. Because then, like, like Chris Taylor, you know, translated his strengths into a pretty good contract. And, you know, Tommy Edmond, if, if he can maybe not quite hit so often from the lefty side and maybe stay out of the outfield, build some real stats at second base, build some real defensive reputation at shortstop, um, show what he can actually do as a right-handed hitter. Uh, you know, his value is only going to actually go up even if his opportunities go down. And, you know, that's that's a good way to win baseball. And it's a good way to make money. And it's a good way to, you know, have the best team you can possibly have, which
1: seems like the goal for all of these players. And it's, you know, a chance to be in bigger moments, too, if, if that's yeah. what you want, you know, because. Right. You know, we saw that with, with Chris Taylor to be able to you know pinch hit or, or right. in a in a big spot versus right. The right, you know the right guy Shorter. in the
0: right moment against the right mm-hmm. uh, well uh, well debatable but well you know, the right the picture right picture the right pitcher for him for <laughs> some <laughs> yeah at that particular time I, I I still go back to the fact that Reyes has limited home runs pretty well throughout his entire professional career except the last month of the Mm -hmm. season and so you know that particular worn out version of alex reyes was perfectly you know just what chris taylor needed
1: yeah i uh, maybe we can start to wrap with this but we have mentioned reyes a couple of times in this whole thing what where does alex reyes go from here and what do we see out of reyes in 2022 because you know, obviously he's dealt with a lot of injuries, you yeah. know, been kind of pushed into the a bullpen role that started well, did definitely didn't end that way. Um, what, you know, what goes, what goes with him now?
0: Well, I keep going back to this one little fact. Um, in the early part of his career, Alex Ray is averaged and I'm just going to kind of eyeball this. So mm-hmm. listeners don't go on and, and <laughs> check my numbers and be like,
1: Oh, Jason, he doesn't off. do math.
0: Right. I don't, I don't do math, quasi math and uh, pseudoscience. Those are my two things, but you've got a lot of 11 to 13% walk rates um, in the majors uh, and in the minors early Um and then the last two seasons, now I realize it's two seasons. That's a sample size that's notable. Mm-hmm. You're seeing 16%. And so part of me thinks that at, at, at some point, he's just 27. Um, at some point, you could see that walk rate tick down just a little bit. Now, ticking down from 6.47 walks per nine to 5.1 wouldn't be all that impressive but it would help him become just that little bit more viable. Yeah. And we know the strikeouts were there. We know his ability to limit home runs. In fact, looking at his home run rate was by far the highest uh of any decent sized stop um throughout his career. So and a and a pretty decent home run for for per fly ball rate at 12.3. So at Bush Stadium um you know, going forward, that probably drops a little bit, a little bit more, um, endurance on that arm probably helps that a little bit because most of his home runs came late in the season. But if he can continue to be a pitcher that can limit the home runs and just cut back on the walks a little bit and keep the strikeout rate, all of those things are are feasible. Then, then he's a guy that you can use, um, to get some outs. And I, I wouldn't, I never wanted him to be the closer, um, I don't think mm-hmm. he's a good fit at all of the closer. And I don't really think that he would be a good fit as a starter either, because I don't think he has the endurance to go four five, six innings um, for 30 right. starts, but it's going to sound nuts to a lot of your listeners. So, so just keep, keep this in mind. This is crazy <laughs> talk. I would use um, Reyes as an opener hmm. and get him, get him two innings every four or five days. Um, get him in, get him out and uh where the walks aren't going to hurt you that bad and um that's how i would use them to be honest i I don't really i i I don't mind the idea of using them in middle innings basically a reverse opener where say you use mats for four innings and then throw reyes behind him that would be a good combination by the way Mm. um but because then you're talking about using him in the middle innings um when the walks can kind of break a game open a little bit but honestly if I'm really honest with myself the first inning matters just as much as the fifth so you know it's about the same but yeah that's kind of where I'd like to see him used is 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 for starting innings and pitching one to two innings not coming in in the middle of innings and not coming in in high leverage situations and to where he can throw strikes and throw uh, as a normal pitcher would throw and there's not so much pressure on him to you know throw the ball down the middle which you can't do anyway, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we, you know, you may have saw it that I put out after the season. He had allowed, not counting the playoff game, the last 10 batters yeah. that were on base to, that when he came in to score, and yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think, I, I feel like the best case scenario for Alex Reyes right now is if he could get the command to turn into, like, the old Andrew Miller, you know, to come in at a be able to the guy that comes into the sixth or seventh, when the game's on the line, it gets out of the job as a GM. I don't know that he can get there, but yeah. I think, I think he's well past that idea of being that, like you said, that big starter that we, everybody thought he was going to be when he came up.
0: Yeah. And just looking here, because that may, that made me curious. I think, yeah. Yeah. Prime peak. Andrew Miller had a much lower walk rate, mm-hmm. but that was a very short lived, very short lived period of time. Mm. Um, and um, that was when he was mostly as a, a a closer, and then with us and even with Cleveland, you know, jumped up quite a bit. So yeah, I mean, you're 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 um you're not that far off. He's going to walk more than Miller's probably going to allow fewer home runs. Well, maybe not. Um, <laughs> actually, maybe not. But but yeah, that's kind of what you're you'd be looking for is someone that could get some outs in the middle innings and go for multiple innings and keep him rested, but also kind of keep him loose. And uh, maybe you can get a full season out of him. I hope so.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I guess that's a, is the one good thing for Altria is he was on the roster all year long last year. He was, yeah, um, which right. is not something he could ever, ever have said before. So right.
0: And his injuries, some of them were a little flukish. I mean, you know, punching mm-hmm. a wall. I mean, he's not going to do that again. So <laughs> you know, I mean, you can't explain them all away, the but they weren't all, you know, his no. body breaking down.
1: No, it was, and, and I mean, some of it's just pitcher you know yeah one of one of them was Tommy John right he missed he missed a year for yeah yeah Tommy John so I mean you know that's you kind of get that with almost you know if if you hadn't had it you're about to you know that kind of thing if you're a pitcher so right um yeah you know hopefully like I said hopefully he can make that step up because he may be older I mean he's obviously what I think all right he's let me check this I know he's already had one arbitration year yeah, he's in his second arbitration. Second arb. Year yeah, he's got he's this third next year. If um, if the, if the but system stays, doesn't have the experience that you would expect for a guy that's you know to that point in his career. So, you know, maybe he continues to build on that and turns into something. Yeah, um, we can only hope. Yeah, um, Jason, it's been fun. I've kept you over an hour now, so we'll we'll wrap it up here. Um, is there anything you we haven't touched on anything you want to promote, anything you just want to say before we wrap it up.
0: <laughs> Not really. I mean, I think people know where to find me via uh, Um And you know what? I can say that over at Viva, we're going to try to keep things going. Um, I've got two articles a week, whether we have, A lockout or content or not so i'll be writing something and if anyone has any ideas (laughs) for articles (laughs) uh send them my way i was actually kind of planning on doing some some video reviews of players it's been something i've been thinking about doing for a while um but boy the the lack of availability at the mlb film room really put a damper on that so maybe youtube can come in for me but but you know, probably a lot of, um, analysis, a lot of reviews. And, and I think I'm, I've been trying to channel my, my inner Ben Godar for a while and probably try to do some fun pieces and some, some historical pieces. And, you know, I kind of, if we don't have baseball, we might as well have fun. And so I'm going to try to write, try to write a little bit about that.
1: Well, good. Hopefully. So, um, I make no, absolutely no promises about writing anything. So, um, that's except for doing the Top cards on Twitter series that'll come up at some point in time, but after yeah. that, um, I will write occasionally. But that's you know most winters, so nobody nobody actually expects me to do anything in the winter. I hope because I don't. Um, anyway, so again, check out Jason at Viva um, when you get the chance. Um, we will be back, Alan, and I'll be back with you, hopefully at least once before the the calendar flips. Um, and who knows, maybe this whole lockout thing will clear up just in time for a christmas miracle and we can always dream that's right that's about (laughs) i think that's what it's probably gonna take so (laughs) yeah until until next time for jason i'm daniel good night